Hello, 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 everyone. My name is Caleb Walgren, and you are listening to Season 4, Episode 15 of Brody Sports Talk. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, the greatest co-host on this podcast, and that is Derek Rusnick. Derek, how you doing, man? Hello, everyone. How are you today? Welcome to the Brody Talk. Yes, very much so. And we've got a full episode for you all today, just to give you a sneak preview. After this day in sports history, we've got some contract extensions for players and conferences. Then we're going to do our Pac-12 team draft. We're going to sneak in a Brody bet segment, which is fairly new now that we're in the middle of football season. And then we have some other player news in the NFL. So Hold on to your hats. It's going to be a fun one. I don't know. Does people still say hold on to your hats? Uh, only people over the age of 50. Uh, and that would be uh, how you act on a daily basis. Oh, okay, I'll take it. So on this day in sports history, which I remember very well, back in, 2000, because in 2006, Jerry Rice signed a one-day contract with the 49ers to officially retire from the NFL He is the GOAT of wide receivers. I don't think anyone is going to touch the records that he put up. It is insane. I remember talking about it a little bit when we talked about Justin Jefferson this offseason. But I'm just going to say no one's going to come close. He has too many touchdowns. There weren't as many receivers on the field, and he just got open, got the touchdowns, got the receptions, did it in the playoffs, did it in the regular season. He's the GOAT of wide receivers, and I'm excited for him. Uh, Derek, anything you want to say about Jerry Rice here? So Jerry Rice was Tom Brady before Tom Brady. Uh, Jerry Rice started this whole thing in 1985 and left in, uh, what would that be, 2003, 2004 uh, area. So... Um, yeah, so that is three decades of dominance left around the 42 age mark. Um, people are, are wondering, wow, Tom Brady is 45 and still sending the ball around. Jerry Rice did it. Well, not first because Blanda was still was was there at one point back in the early days. But Jerry Rice is the ageless wonder and still looks really good. Um, now he's doing some. Uh, the media stuff. So, um, I I will 110 uh, percent back you on. I don't think anyone's ever going to touch the records that uh, that he has um, and the greatest wide receiver of all time. Absolutely. And let's go from talking about one legend to another, and that, of course, is LeBron James. Uh, he the man that he is got a massive extension from the Los Angeles Lakers of two years, 97.1 million. I want to hear your thoughts first on this, Derek, because I have some thoughts, but I I don't want to necessarily just keep driving this train too much on uh, LeBron here. 
Yeah, so LeBron James is worth every penny that you pay him in a contract because he is going to to bring that seven times, ten times over um, to your media rights and to your ticket sales and to your merchandise. Um, he is the modern-day best player on the uh, on the court. Um, I believe that that was, in my lifetime, there was late, uh, late Bird, then Jordan, well, I'll say late Bird, Magic, in there, Jordan, Kobe, um, and now uh, LeBron James. I don't know who the next iteration of the GOAT's going to be um, out there currently. Maybe it's Giannis. Uh, I don't know, but... This is less about basketball playing and more about the Lakers. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, the – I think basketball players get paid a lot of money. And this is, what, $44 million a year? Um, that's, a lo- that's a lot of money. What are your thoughts? Um, I think we're closer to, like, 48 or 48 and a half. But, yeah, it's a, it's a ton of money a year. I'm curious because this is the uh, quote-unquote big three of LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. They ran it out last year and went 33-49, and uh, finished just a a little bit, 31 games back of the Phoenix Suns uh, in their division, just a slight bit behind. Um, I... I'm curious if this is the first time I've seen LeBron sign an NBA contract that to me was not really about a basketball move. I think that this is keeping his family in the same place, keeping his son in the same school, giving himself still some availability to do movies or TV during the off season because he's close by. But I don't know that this is about winning championships. And that feels like a huge departure for LeBron because I feel like that's what he's been chasing everywhere his whole career, ever since he left Cleveland the first time when he got swept. He knew he needed more, and he's typically gone and gotten more. And he's back in L.A. with the same big three. They're not blowing it up. They're just going to run it back and hope that they're better. And it just feels very odd to me. What What are your thoughts about that, Derek? Do you think this, this is a, a hardwood move, or do you think this is a Hollywood move? Oh, it was certainly a Hollywood move. Um, so we all know, well, I say we all, there are reports out that LeBron James is signing a two-year deal so that wherever his son is drafted, if he gets drafted, um, he's going to go. He wants to play with his son for at least a year. So Bronny James uh, out there, you know, he's he's a good basketball player, you know, but he's, what, a junior this year? So um, basically what you're going to do is you're going to draft Bronny so that you have a year to LeBron James. Um, I don't think he would come to the lesser markets like San Antonio or Oklahoma City if we just happen to have that number one or number two pick. Um, just I don't think he, he would do that. But 
Um, you know, for me, uh, and one, thank you for doing the math because I could not divide 97 into two clearly. Because uh, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a four there. Uh, either way, um, they're trying to get rid of Russell Westbrook. They are, you know, they need Anthony Davis healthy. Um, I think they can do a lot with the players that they have, but the West just gets better each and every year. Um, there's not a, a whole lot of easy games out there. Um, but, the, but the dude went to, what, seven or eight uh, straight uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, that was that is the that an absolute. That's, a, that's that's amazing what he has done in his career. So, I think I mean he's still playing at a high level. I think he's worth the money um, because there's going to be guys out there who are going to make more money than that um, over the next couple of years. So. It's, it's, I think uh, I, don't, I don't think he wants to go anywhere else, and I think this is this serves both sides. I think that that's fair. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the big business news in college football. As we we're going to talk more college football this week than I, I think we typically do, but uh, the Big Ten, of course, signed their big money deal, knowing that USC and UCLA are coming into the mix. It is a seven-year, seven to eight billion dollar deal with the media conglomerates of Fox, CBS, and NBC. They do say that it could also go up more if they add more teams. Uh, Derek, conference getting a billion dollars a year. Uh, obviously, the other side of that is uh, ESPN has been left out. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to see Big Ten highlights uh, opening Sports Center anytime soon. But uh, Fox, CBS, NBC, they're all pretty excited. Uh, they also said that this is going to give NBC a little bit more consistency in having more college football because they wanted to have more than just the Notre Dame games. Hint, hint, Notre Dame. And, yeah, it. I saw a big promo that was put out by CBS with the music that I usually hear going into the 230 SEC game. And it was all these Big Ten teams. It felt very awkward. Uh, but this is this is the era of college football we're in with name, image, and likeness and college football conferences with trying to figure out how to split up a billion-dollar check that they get each year. Uh, I think they'll figure it out just fine. Derek, uh, any thoughts you have here about the Big Ten getting that big money? I am generally a, uh, a capitalist type of person. Um, people getting their money, good on you, um, great for you, uh, all that jazz. That's a lot of money per year, a, a billion dollars a year. Um, I'm What my hope is, and this is only because I watch – uh, those games on TV. We don't live in a in a Big Ten market. I want good quality camera work. I want good quality games when it comes to like the interfaces and stuff like that that they have um, clearly showing me like timeouts, time play clock stuff like that. Um, this needs to be to, to up their game when it comes to what we see and uh, what that means. I've never been a fan of uh, NBC's coverage of, uh, of football games, and especially the Notre Dame stuff. 
Um, I, I think it, it could be the stadium that Notre Dame plays in. It could be uh, how they do it. I don't know, but uh, I think they definitely need to figure out the quality um, of the, uh, if especially if it's going to be night games. So hopefully some of this money goes toward that, um, you know, big checks, um, you know, Ed McMahon coming to your door, stuff like that, um, you know, coming to these schools, I guess. And, you know, show me the quality and I'll probably, you know, you'll probably get my advertising dollars because they'll probably, you know, be six or six to eight games a, uh, a week that I'll want to watch across three networks. I, I will also say that I really like the fact that they're trying to get a lot of consistency with this. It sounds like they're getting that. Uh, I'm going to put the times in central because that's what makes sense to me. I'm in central time. We're an Oklahoma-based podcast. What can I say? Uh, so they're getting that 11 o'clock window with Fox, the 2.30 window with CBS, and then the evening game would be an NBC like evening game of the week, which will be nice. Usually, you know, CBS sometimes does them. Uh, ABC usually has had one for quite a few years. Anytime I'm getting more football on standard televisions, I still think that that's a win. So I'm excited. Granted, I'm a Nebraska fan, so I'm probably slightly biased here. But uh, I'm excited about pretty much everything that comes with this deal. The only thing that I'm disappointed by is I heard Urban Meyer has resigned with Big Noon Kickoff. So I probably will be trying to not watch Urban Meyer because I do not respect or like him as a coach or uh, other things. A person. You just, yes. Just put it up. I don't respect him as a person. We will, I will be going and getting wings at that point if he is on the TV. Uh, and then I will come back after, right after kickoff. I'd rather watch Lee Corso for as many more college Saturdays as I can. That's because, a... uh Lee Corso is awesome and no one's going to be able to put random mascot heads on their own head and get away with it the way Lee Corso has. Uh, like Kirk Herbstreet's not going to be able to pull that off. I don't know what ESPN's long-term plan is there, but it's just not going to work nearly as effective without Corso. Yeah, so you were just talking about the the Big Ten um, and a couple of teams coming over to the USC and UCLA. Where are those teams coming from? Uh, they are coming from the Pac-12, which speaking of, let's go ahead and jump into our Pac-12 draft. This is us picking the teams that we think will win the Pac-12 this year, similar to uh, other conferences. Uh, there's only 12 teams in this one. Uh, we'll pick a total of six between the two of us, Derek. You'll get three, I'll get three, and we'll leave the other six for the field. Uh, of course, if the field wins, we get to be sad. But uh, I don't expect that to happen. Derek, you uh, were the recipient of the first overall pick in this draft. Which team from the Pac-12 do you think has the best chance of winning this year? Yeah, so I am going to go with the Fighting Alex Smiths and go with the Utah Utes at number one. Utah is a solid program. I have no issues with them being the first pick off of the board. I'm going to go ahead, bring it back. I'm going to go with the Quack Attack 
give me the Oregon Ducks. Uh, they play at one of the best stadiums in the Hudson Zoo. They need to bounce back. They need to bounce back because they have not been as good as they would have liked to have been the last several years. And when you're thinking of Oregon, one of the people that comes to mind is the head coach of the other university that I'm going to take, and that is Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start brewing some trouble here because I'm taking Chip Kelly, and uh, let's face it, he's not always the most popular person with some of the fans of this podcast, uh, a.k.a. Eagles and 49ers fans. So, uh, Derek, I'll go ahead and send it back to you. You have two more picks that you get to take. These are your last two. Uh, where are you going first? Okay, well, I'm going to go with a guy whose name is one of your favorite cities. Uh, let's go Lincoln Riley and the Trojans. Um, first year head coach. Um, I don't know if anyone in Oklahoma heard, you know, if they they have – you know, they heard the news. You know, he used to be uh, a head coach of a of a state school, um, not a really great state school. Like they lost their last game and uh, or their last uh, regular season game, and and should be embarrassed. Um, and probably why probably why he was chased off is because he lost to Oklahoma State. Um, that's what I'm saying. But you know, I'm a big fan of the orange and black. Um, of Oklahoma State. So I'm going to go with the other OSU that's better than the other OSU that's better than the other OSU. Um, there's a lot of OSU schools out there, but I am taking Oregon State as my wild card. Um, not real, not really a wild card because they're uh, fifth, sixth picked in the uh, in the pecking order of the Pac-12. So they may, may or may not be their wild card, but that's who I'm taking. I'm taking the Utah Utes, the UCLA Trojans, and the Oregon State Beavers. So I like where you are at. I like your picks. Uh, for USC, I just got to throw in a let's ride because, you know, we got a obligatory let's ride comments on the podcast. Uh, I mean, they, they, they're riding horses too, right? The Trojans ride horses. I'm about to burn this podcast down. Don't ever <laughs> use that. For them. Uh, sorry, I knew that that would make things a little bit spicy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take one of the smartest teams that there is in the conference. <laughs> and I'm going to take the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, not the Cardinals. The Cardinal. Because their mascot is... Uh, they actually have a mascot that's a tree, but their nickname is based off of the color Cardinal Red. Because... The Har Harvard already took Crimson, so Stanford had to become Cardinal. And that is that. Uh, that will leave for the field Cal, Washington State, Washington, Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona. Just to recap, Derek has Utah, USC, and Oregon State. So basically red and orange and black, uh, similar to uh, the state schools here in Oklahoma. And I took the Chip Kelly duo of Oregon and UCLA, and hopefully David Shaw can do something with those Stanford Cardinals because they're not projected to do super great this year. I like your teams. I really think that if if the major teams don't pull through, 
that any of your three could be up there. I never count out Chip Kelly. I think he's a uh, a really great coach. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I know that there's uh, other podcast hosts that are on assignment that don't like him, but uh, I think he can do some uh, some great things at uh, UCLA. And I never cannot Stanford. Stanford was on my list as well as my wild card. So let's go ahead and switch back to the Big Ten real quick because that is where we're starting our Brody bets. We're going to probably take a couple of college games and a couple of NFL games each. One of them is going to be our, uh, I'm going to say Homer team, and then we're going to have a, a wild card pick in there. So I get to start with a Homer team because they're starting this week. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Nebraska versus Northwestern game that is taking place on Saturday, the 27th at Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, I've seen some of the pictures. The team's already over there. The stadium looks beautiful. I am excited to see what actually happens when I watch this game this weekend. The spread on this game is Nebraska by 13. I feel like that could be a little bit rich. Where I'm feeling the love on my Brody bet this week is going with the under on the over underline of 49 and a half. That's seven touchdowns. Nebraska played really solid defense last year. Pat Fitzgerald and what he does at Northwestern is usually all about not allowing a ton of points. And they're not the most creative offensive team. They're starting the season a little bit early. I think they're both going to potentially be a little bit rusty. I'm going to put them under the 49 and a half point margin and feel good about it. Uh, Derek, do you have any kind of comments about that one? I know Casey Thompson is up there. He's an Oklahoma boy, even though he, uh, you know, played for uh, that university down south. And uh, thank goodness he transferred out of there because his life is definitely improving now. Yeah, so this is not going to go onto my official record or anything like that, but I'm going to join you in saying the under is going to be uh, under 49 and a half. One, first game in the season, you're either going to have an explosion of offense or, you know, try to get into a rhythm. Um, so I'm taking the under as well. I can't wait to watch the game because I'm a big uh, Ireland guy. My ancestors are from uh, from that country. And so uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. But I'm going to agree with you on if, you know, on the, the Brody bets. And I can't wait to to uh, to roll that out a little bit more over the next coming weeks on once the NFL gets rolling, once the college football gets rolling. Um, and uh, what's going what's gonna to be in store for our listeners? Absolutely. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and get to some of our NFL news and some comments there. The first big news is uh, with the secondary of the Los Angeles Chargers. They actually had a a couple bits of news, but the big one that we wanted to talk about is that uh, Derwin James, he's been frequently injured, but he's he's healthy. He's looking good for this coming year, and he got a four-year 76 0.4 0.4 million dollar extension. Great for him. I know they need to be able to utilize him in a lot of ways within that offense. That's that's the good news if you're talking about Chargers secondary lately. 
Uh, the bad news is that J.C. Jackson ended up having a procedure yesterday, and he's apparently going to be out for two to four weeks, which I don't necessarily like the fact that he might miss that first game against the Raiders. Uh, sorry, I said Raiders. And uh, mainly because I want him to be able to go out there and cover someone, possibly a Devontae Adams, possibly a Hunter Renfro. Uh, but if they don't have J.C. Jackson, that just pushes everyone up one spot of a, on the difficulty level for the season starting. Uh, yeah, I mean, let me about- jump into this yeah. this Charger Charger news across the board. So um, I hate to see good players get money um, from the Chargers because Chargers, I, I, I don't want to root for them. I have a hard time rooting against them. Um, I, I love their quarterback and his attitude. I love what they're doing in L.A. Um, I love how they are kind of that little brother in SoFi Stadium because the Rams won a Super Bowl. Um, and they're just so darn likable. Um, the Bosa and the the Mac, and it just drives me insane that I have to root against them. Um, but if there's anyone out there that deserves his money, Derwin James, when he is healthy, is worth every dollar of that. Uh, you know, on the same same breath, um, you know, you don't want to see anyone go out and miss game one uh, because that Raider game is going to be you know important when it comes to setting, like, what this offense is going to look like. Um, That being said, I think it's better for J.C. Jackson to miss the first game moving into the second versus playing in any kind of pain or trying to get through a season uh, without that. So they have schemes. They have other players um, and I think they can they can take care of week one, um, and then hopefully J.C. Jackson gets back full strength and uh, gets uh, absolutely destroyed by Cortland Sutton. Yeah, that's what we like to hear. Get that Broncos hype going. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and keep it moving. Let's talk about uh, go back to the NFC South. I know we previewed them a few weeks ago, and I feel like this is a little bit of. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make this good news, bad news again. So the good news, our, our buddy, our boy here in Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield has been named the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. He will get to start the season with a revenge game against the Cleveland Browns. Woo, spicy. It's going to be fun. You never know what Baker's going to do. I kind of want to see him uh, grab a Panthers flag potentially after the game and slam it down in the middle of the field. If only he was able to do that at at his house in Cleveland. I believe that game is in Carolina. You can double check me on that or I'll double check myself here in a second. But that's the good news in the quarterback room in Carolina. The bad news is uh, I know Derek really had a lot of respect for this guy. But Matt Corral is on injured reserve for the year with a list Frank injury. Uh, the reason that that's really bad news for Carolina is, one, you want to have him getting those reps in and practice and just working all year so you can kind of see what his work ethic looks like, even if he's down on the depth chart. But you don't know what you're going to have for the future with Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield for sure. They're both free agents after the year. It'd be nice to have at least been able to see 
corral later in the year if things don't go the right way for you. Probably the best news is P.J. Walker is probably going to make the roster. So happy for you, P.J. Walker. Uh, Derek, I kind of rattled off a lot of different things about a lot of Panther quarterbacks. Jump in. Tell me what you want to say. Okay. So first and foremost, great job, Baker Mayfield. You've played yourself into a starting QB job, more than likely. Um, We knew this when he was traded there. I feel sorry for Sam Darnold. Um, you know, he came into the league, tried to, you know, did not have a great situation with the Jets, was kind of made fun of, you know, get shipped out, didn't have a good year last year, um, thought that he, you know, once he got past the draft, that he was like, okay, this is going to be my job, we're good, and then Baker Mayfield comes into town, and, okay, I'm going to play, you know, I'm still going to win this job. And Baker Mayfield, whom a lot of people have said over the last uh, couple of weeks, is very, very smart and very capable of picking up an offense. Looks like he did that. Looks like he gives them the best chance to win. Um, so I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan. I, I I like his antics. I hope that he does grab a Browns flag or whatever and stick it into the the middle of the field um, or Panthers flag or whatever and just be like, this is my home. Look what I – and it just blows them out of the water. Uh, I have a lot of uh, different reasons for disliking the Browns um, for him to do that. But um, – and then, you know – I, I I get that you want to see Matt Corral and what he can do in practice, but I think this is a um, a blessing in this in disguise. This guy is going to be able to sit in the room and get the mental reps, um, learn how to read defenses and things of that sort, and then you're going to um, you're going to figure out. At the end of the day, even if um, if they either have a really really good season, they re-sign Baker Mayfield to you know a decent contract, or they have a horrible year and everyone gets shipped out of town. Matt uh, Matt Corral is still going to to be there, and he gets a brand new head coach, offensive coordinator all that kind of stuff. I'm not a big fan of Ben McAdoo, so hopefully that changes as well, no matter who the head coach is. So this is a complete upside, I think, for Matt Corral because he's not going to get bad reps out there. He's just going to learn for a year and blame everything on an injury. So, um, you know, I hope, the Panthers are better. I hope the Panthers are better this year. And that's fair. I, th- I think that that's a, a good statement. Um, just because Baker is somewhat intrinsically tied to the Browns and it is their week one game, um, I'm going a bit off of the playbook for a second, Derek. Uh, there is an over-under Browns win total now at uh, eight and a half. Under. Slam the under. Under. So, like, so far under. Like, I, I just... 
You don't I, know who I, your starting quarterback's going to be uh, up until the Texans. Um, are you going to trade for Jimmy G? Um, do you hope that he gets cut? Do you trade for Mitch Trubisky um, to, you know, come in and try to learn your offense? Because Jacoby Brissett is not going to be a winning quarterback. He's going to start for 11 games, I think. I have. I don't think there's any intent for them to go get anyone else. And I think that you and I are of the same evaluation that Jacoby Brissett is not a good quarterback, um, especially so not then, in that offense. So then DW comes back for, what, six games? Mm-hmm. So we're saying that DW has to win all six games and three games out of that 11 are going to have to be won by the running game. I don't think nope. that that's going to happen. Um, I just figured it. We, we didn't get to bring that one up because we didn't have the, the news. The news is officially there. Now let's say that. Let's let's stick. Can we the talk division. about the other a- 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 NFC North? The, the, AFC North. Yeah, new, we'll, 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 that's AFC what North. I was going to right now. Um, so Jesse Bates is done holding in. He is going to sign his franchise tag, and he is ready to play on that this year for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, this is huge for Cincinnati. Um, I also think that if nothing else. Cincinnati's got to hold some of that money and some of that cap space because uh, Joe Burrow's getting an extension after this season. So Jesse Bates, you're important. Uh, you ain't you ain't Joe Burrow. So the plus with how quarterback contracts are working with people trying to find guaranteed money, you know, underneath couch cushions. I just don't think it was going to happen. I'm glad that Jesse Bates is back. I hope that he didn't lose too much in any kind of competitions because I know Dax Hill is there. I think Dax Hill is really exciting. Derek thinks Dax Hill is really exciting. True. Um, Eli Apple, less exciting. But Jesse Bates is back, and the the Bengals defense just isn't the same without him. So welcome back. Hooday loves you. We're glad that you're there because we always want to see the best players play. That's what we're all about here at Brody Sports Talk. Derek, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, I'm glad Jesse Bates is signing his tender, getting back with the team, all that. They need him. Um, you know, they have a really great offense and all that, but Jesse Bates is going to make the difference. So let me ask you this question, Caleb, and I know it's just a quarterback-driven league. But who signs their extension first, Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow? I think it's going to be Lamar because Lamar is on the last year of his deal right now, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, I'm hoping that we have it next week to like lead our Brody Bite segment. Uh, they're saying so that he is he, non-negotiating he during contract. the season. Yeah, yeah, so he's not going to negotiate during the season. So season starts, he's not going to talk about it until the next offseason where they would have to franchise tag him, which is going to be a big amount of money because of certain other AFC North um, quarterbacks 
So do you think that a, a, a deal gets done before? Now, Lamar Jackson is negotiating for himself. Um, he does not have an agent. And so do you think that they're going to have to franchise him next year um, and hopefully get a deal done? Or do you think they're going to deal done? Because you know Joe Burrow is going to be off like the day after. They, they, once they start, they're able to offer an extension. He's going to get a sheet of paper. I mean, he should. But I do think that they're going to figure out a way to work it out with Lamar. Um, there's no way that they can let him hit the open market. And if they have to franchise tag him and then get it extended, who knows? Maybe Cincinnati's going to need some of that preseason money to come in and hit their, their payroll. Or they get that sponsored stadium money to hit year two so that they can guarantee everything for, for Burrow. Yeah. Because, um, let's face it, guaranteed money, you got to have that stuff up front or escrowed. And that's why it's so complicated in those contracts. Um, I'm curious. I, I saw this idea put out there, and I didn't know what you would or wouldn't think about it. I can't remember okay. who. Uh, Ross Tucker that was bringing it up when I was listening to his podcast or if it was someone else, but he said that he thinks that they should get uh, branding deals to help guarantee players contracts. Like <laughs> this is the Joe Burrow contract extension brought to you by <laughs> whatever company so that <laughs> like, Hey, they, they gave us some money so that we can sign fully guarantee this thing. <laughs> and attach themselves with the player. I think that okay, the player so, and the team would have to be in on it, but I, I I, think that there are worse things out there. Okay, so are the teams having an issue with dollar bills, or is it just because the salary cap is where they're having the issue? Because I'm assuming, you know, 30 or so teams are profitable and they should have enough money to pay the dollars on a contract. I think it's just this salary cap um, that is it's holding them back. I think it's the question of guaranteeing it all up front, basically yeah. upfronting the cost to put it in the escrow. And okay, um, when you're talking about quarterbacks that are currently getting guaranteed money, um, let's just say Kyler, for example, Mm -hmm. um, his was, I think, 160 guaranteed. But if Lamar gets, let's say, 250 mil guaranteed, his full contract guaranteed, I mean, we're talking a quarter of a billion dollars a pop to just put money in there. Like, true. Not not all of these families are, you know, the new Broncos owner, yeah, <laughs> buddy, where they made their money off Walmart and just have way more money than they probably know what to do with. Um, like, I don't know that, like, do the Packers sell stadium, take, like, sell stock so that they can raise money for Jordan Love's contract extension? I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Oh, that's a whole other Brody Bites episode. Jordan Love. Uh, what is love? I, I think that love is probably us mutually agreeing to come to an end to this podcast uh it's been a good one i've really enjoyed it if you want to share your thoughts or opinions on it please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts 
Uh, Apple Podcast is a big one. I know that's where we get the majority of our listeners from. While you're there, just go scroll down. Give us those five stars. Give us a fun little review. We'd be happy to read it on the air. And anytime you want to interact with us, hear a little back and forth, the best place to do that is our Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Brody Talk. It's really our, our social media, our, our only one. So you will find us interacting there. You can find mine and Derek's personal ones there if you want to hear or see some random dad jokes or see me wanting to go hype about the Premier League because I do that. So you'll uh, want to keep an eye out on that Twitter in the coming weeks as we're going to need some feedback from our listeners. And so uh, you'll want to keep an eye out. You'll want to follow us, keep us in your, uh, in those, uh, in your timeline because there's some stuff coming up that I think our, our listeners will enjoy. I think Derek's saying if you want to turn on notifications for the Brody Talk Twitter, that you can turn on the notifications for Brody Talk Twitter because it's going to be, it's lit, fam. Oh, my uh, goodness. <laughs> oh, man. This is the things that happen when the person who says dad jokes tries to sound as up-to-date on the lingo as possible. So on behalf of my co-host, Derek, my name is Caleb Walgren. We are going to go ahead and ride off into the sunset on this episode. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye, guys.